It's the like, onion actually, goes, I go with the onion. Yeah. <laughs> but when the onion gets married, I'm not there. <laughs> they peel off the layer. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello, wife. Husband. Yes, Q&A day. Been a while. Yes. It's actually been almost two months since we last recorded a it, Q&A. I can feel it. It's like low like, like low vitamin D. I have low Q&A. Oh. And when this much time passes between Q&As, let me tell you, the questions pile up, which is very flattering, but it's also like... Huh, it's we daunting. Wanna, yeah, we, we have to have someone manning the Q&A question line. That's Otherwise, me. Otherwise, it just starts... <laughs> that, that is you. That's me. <laughs> that's you. Okay, shall we get going? Yeah. All right. This first question is from Audrey. Audrey, dear Shandy, I love your podcast 10 out of 10. I, 29 female, have a question about a guy I haven't met yet and I'm looking for some advice. Peter, 29 male, liked my profile on a dating app in July 2022 and wrote an excellent message along with it. I was already in a relationship at that time, so I wasn't checking the app. Now, in 2023, I became single and checked the app. I had hundreds of likes. I went through them and Peter's message and profile speak to me like no other. This is the first time I can relate to a person person so deeply from just their profile and message. I matched with him, responded to his message, but no reply. I checked his social media and it doesn't look like he's dating anyone from what I can see. Not sure otherwise. I've been thinking about Peter for several days now and want to explore this possibility. My question is, should I try contacting Peter? And if so, what would be the most casual, least creepy option? I have his LinkedIn, Insta, personal website plus email, and Facebook. I wonder if he will think this is too creepy. However, it looked like he related to my profile a lot as well, so he might not mind me reaching out. I also wonder what to write in the message. I could also just wait. Maybe he will check the app sooner or later. Thank you for your help. I wonder if Andy thinks this is playing, quote, easy to get. Would love to play the, quote, hard to get game, but hard to do when he doesn't check the app. (laughs) Ha ha. Audrey. <laughs> I think he probably does check the app. Oh, you think so? Once in a while. But I mean, we're talking July 2022. You know, we're talking more than six months have passed. It's possible that he, even if he's not seeing someone new, which he very well might be, but that he's just has app fatigue and is like, oh, I'm not going to go in there for a while. Okay. So should we go under the assumption that he isn't checking the app? I guess. I To me, I don't see the big deal with her dropping him a line. Okay. So let's go under the assumption he's not checking the app. Because mm. otherwise, I feel like this is a hard question to answer. Mm, interesting. then there's two layers to the question. Yeah. So he's not checking the app. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at it this way. He wrote her in July 2022, and she wasn't checking the app. Right. She was on it. They matched. And he probably thought that she blew him off. There you go. So so he got his revenge. <laughs> I just think that it's not the craziest thing in the world to imagine that he's not checking the app. Okay. okay. Fine. Fair assumption. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And I don't think it's that creepy. It's only slightly creepy. But sometimes <laughs> creepy is good. <laughs> I mean, in this case, he has already expressed interest in her. I think it would be really creepy if she just saw his profile for the first time. He never reached out. They didn't share any kind of connection. It sounds like they spoke to each other through their profiles. Yeah. You know, it might be a welcome message. Yeah, I think she can do it. I think she could do it. Okay, so now to answer her question, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or website email. 
to me, LinkedIn dating overture is one of the most tragic things. <laughs> <laughs> I did it once. Actually. I know. Yes, I did, you, you but did. I had to, because it was like a public figure. And I felt like that was the most professional way to go about it. <laughs> I mean, you almost got a date out of it. I did. I came really close. But I just feel like LinkedIn out of that list. It's so of- sad. Oh, I think it's more that that's the least likely one that he would check regularly. It's also probably, I would say, Instagram, if you can do it, mm. right? A DM, right? Yeah, I Isn't guess. Is that what they do these days? I feel like I would have done the email. Is that weird? Yeah, an email is probably pretty good. I'd say go DM. Well, actually, if you don't get a response in your DM, then you. this is the problem. <laughs> the problem is you want to make sure your first go is a strong go. That's what I'm saying. Because you don't want to be that person, like in the old days, who leaves like a phone message and then like, <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot to say something. And then you leave another phone uh, message and you're like, oh, wait, but I didn't say it this way. And then she's like got What movie is phone- that from? That's from uh, Swingers. Uh, ah, yeah. painful. What yeah. a painful John scene. Favreau, yeah. Oh, it gives Rough. me the willies just Brutal. thinking of that scene of him leaving message and after message. And then it gets message. cut off as the oh, tape God. runs out. And, and he then he's to... like, oh, and leaving another one because the last one got cut off. Oh, you're like, just stop, stop. No, stop it. But that's not what the situation is. I think you're right. Email is the best way to go. Yeah, I just feel like with Instagram DMs, Facebook messages, I mean, certainly if I'm thinking of myself, and LinkedIn, all three of those could fall also in the category of something he doesn't check very often. Meanwhile, right. his email address is the most likely. So that you just want to said, avoid sending sending out like four different messages, then it gets creepy. Yes. On the creep scale, this is a 1.5. Mm-hmm. Totally acceptable. I actually think it would be a welcome message. For Agreed. Him. Even if he's dating someone new, this is welcome. Yeah. At least it's flattering. Mm-hmm. All right. This next question is from Anonymous. Dear Shandy, I appreciate your reasonable takes on relationship questions and love the banter and flavor you bring to the table. Thank you, Anonymous. Thank you. I was hoping you could provide some insight on this dilemma. I am 23 female and am part of a large co-ed friend group that is composed of people from my college sports team. Most of us, myself included, have graduated and are spread out, as is typical of post-college friend groups, though I am the only one on the West Coast. One friend I'm very fond of, A, 23 male, got engaged to his long-term girlfriend last June, and they are getting married next October. Here is the issue. Everybody in our friend group has received an invitation to the wedding except for myself and one other friend, C, 21 female. Once C and I realized this, we were both hurt and spent time commiserating slash speculating as to why we were left out. On one hand, we understand the need as a young couple to keep the guest list low and under budget. On the other hand, we don't know why the group would be split like this, especially since everyone invited, even singles, received a plus one. We were close to A in college and don't talk to him any more or less than most of the other friends. Cannot think of a reason either of us were excluded and are naturally experiencing hurt feelings and FOMO. My question is this. Is it ever appropriate to ask a good single friend to be there plus one? And if yes, what is the best way to do so? It would mean so much to be able to be there for A in such an important day. In any other situation, I would go to A, but I understand it would be selfish and entitled to ask why I wasn't included. I also recognize that I will probably attend other weddings in the future, and this is not a huge deal in the grand scheme of things, but it just plain sucks to be left out of celebrating my good friend and his happy relationship. It also feels like a big deal because this is our very first wedding for all of us, so there's a lot of excitement and novelty to the experience. Thank you in advance for your input. Love, Anonymous. (laughs) 
cannot you, compute. Oh, you're making a face. Okay. I, I don't understand. I mean, look, either there's two possibilities here. One is the invite got lost in the mail for both mm, of them. It seems unlikely. unlikely. The, the, the U.S. Post is extremely good about getting things there. Not necessarily on time, mm-hmm. but it. Oh, I've never, honestly, in my whole life, maybe one letter ever Yeah, lost. whenever people say, I feel like when I was young... My idea of the mail, you know, like when you're too young to be receiving mail, yeah, you have this idea of the mail, you know, you get your first letter, you're so excited. And around that age, you're like, oh, things get lost in the mail. I got lost in the mail. Idea. Well, it's like a dog eat my homework situation. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen. No. And maybe it has happened, mm-hmm. but it can't ever be used as a believable excuse. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, okay. So what we're saying is it wasn't so lost, it wasn't in, the lost in the mail. Yeah. Did they forget did they like just did it slip their mind and like they just forgot like somehow they missed the list and it so there seems was an unlikely. error a clerical error mm-hmm. possibly I don't think so it, the whole thing to me uh, I think that they think that they were better friends with that, this person yeah, that's than the they thing. were and I feel bad saying that because you know throughout the email she says you know I want to celebrate my good friend and his happy relationship it's like it's possible that. Yeah. I don't want to be a dick. No, I mean, there's no other way to answer this question other than to be a possible dick. <sighs> I've been in the same situation one or two times. I remember there was a couple times where like, everyone's like, oh, you going to this wedding? And I was like, no. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, I hung out with this guy a lot. You know, we had some good times. But in the end, I wasn't really a good friend. Mm. I was more of a fun peripheral friend. Mm. And I accepted that. Yeah. And I think that's possibly what's happening here. Well, so to answer her question, she said, is it ever okay to ask a platonic friend? So basically another friend in the friend group to be there plus one. To me, Hmm. I think what she should be asking one of the mutual friends, one of the ones who's invited, is if they have any intel Mm -hmm. as to why she and C weren't invited. I agree. I don't think she should ask for a plus one. Because I think that if... She didn't get an invite. I, I'm sorry, Anonymous. This sounds really harsh, but I have to assume that it means that they didn't invite you to the wedding, which means that they didn't feel they wanted you there enough. To me, the, the fact that they get plus ones, like that's very generous. Yeah. Especially at that age where yeah. I don't think a lot of them are probably engaged, married. You know, it's they're probably bringing boyfriends and girlfriends, like random people. I I, got to say, I I agree with you 100%. I actually think that asking for a plus one and getting it is a more embarrassing version of wedding crashing. Mm. At least with wedding crashing, you're like, sort of like, hey, I'm at a wedding. It's not something that I'm supposed to be at. (laughs) And it's kind of funny. And people are like, who the hell is this guy? But then she's crashing the wedding a little bit, but also like, Also dismissing the fact that she didn't get an invite. It's like, I found a way to come to, I I found a loophole. Yeah. Yeah. I found a loophole in your wedding guest list to make sure that I came to your wedding. What is he going to do? Be like, oh, I'm so happy you put in the effort to crash my wedding. You know, thank you for showing how much you care. Like, he's going to just be like, oh, that's a little weird. I think there's something going on beneath the surface in this friend group that we could not possibly know. But I wonder if the fiance of A, the fiance of A, the A's fiance, you know, has some issue. I don't want to like plant some seed. I just think that there might be more beneath the surface here than she and C realize. Or if you have the ability to sort of, you know, massage these kind of very awkward situations, I I would consider doing this. Mm -hmm. It's just go right to the source and be like, so no wedding invite. Oh, you think she should go right up to them? Oh, no. They just said, we're we're done. We're not really friends. 
So why not just go the extra mile? (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me in real life that's something you would do. See, I don't know the situation she's in. She may just not have a good read on the the, the the bond they have. That to me, my takeaway from this two paragraph email is that. Yeah, I agree. But I'm going to try to give her the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. and assume that there is a decent friendship there. And she should have been invited to the wedding. And I'm going to say, look, the friendship is now soured. Like, clearly what you thought you had is not there mm-hmm. and there's a problem. So why not just, you know, the fire is already burning. You're just throwing a match on it. It's not a big deal. Say, oh, I heard you're getting married. I just am putting myself in their position. If So awkward. It's so awkward. If someone wrote me and was like, hey, just wondering, is there something I did? Like, why wasn't I invited to your wedding? Oh, no, no, no. Not like that. You do it jokingly. You can't no, do it. No, that's even worse. That's even worse. It's passive aggressive. That's oh, terrible. Oh, oh awful. So and this awful. is the worst advice. Please don't listen to him. My no, God. don't listen to me. <laughs> do not listen to me. No, you cannot go to the bride I mean, and honestly, group. part of me, it's like sick curiosity. Oh, yeah. I feel like, like I, you're I'm doing just... it selfishly. Yeah. This you, is selfish advice. Yeah. You want to see how it plays I out. I want to see it. I like want to get my popcorn. And, yeah. And, you yeah. sicko. I'm sick. That's sick. I apologize. <laughs> that's not the proper advice. You're right. You have to sort of take data data that you acquire in your life and assume that it adds up to something you know what i mean like instead of just being like oh there's question marks like i wonder why i guess i'll try to be invited in this other way it's like maybe this is a sign i mean sometimes sometimes there's a there's always very interesting dynamics with large friend groups sometimes they stress me out so bad large friend groups the larger the group the more stressful it is because you have to tent everybody sometimes there are i don't want to call hangers on is not a good name but there are people on the periphery there are people who are like there because they knew someone who knew the person that's why that's why it stresses me out because there's always a hierarchy If the group is larger than mm. like four. Yes. Even if it's four, you can have yeah. a hierarchy. And there are always people who know the people because they know people who yes. know the people. And I've, I, I'm in those circles. And if I wasn't invited to one of these people's weddings, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it. Because I know that I'm not the core. I'm mm-hmm. on the outside. I'm, the, I'm the, the outside layer of the onion, which is totally fine. I'm still in the onion. Yeah. And it's the like, onion actually- goes, I go with the onion. Yeah. <laughs> but when the onion gets married, I'm not there. <laughs> They peel off the letter. <laughs> terrible analogy. I like... <laughs> it's not terrible, actually. Yeah. What I do appreciate from her is that she acknowledges that she's 23. It's the first big wedding in the friend group. So maybe she's putting more stock in this than she should. Okay. I So to give you concrete advice, we think, number one, you can do a little digging just to put out feelers. And, if it and don't seems be too kind aggressive of, about that either. Yeah, it'll if get it back seems a little sticky, like like the, even the mutual friend is like, oh, I don't really feel comfortable asking or like, oh, I don't know. You just sort of drop it. We do not think you should ask to be a plus one, especially if you find out that you were no, indeed not invited. Not. I think that that's... Definitely not. Yeah. That's really... That's it, actually creepy. I think that that's... Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't do that. No. And then if it really does haunt you, I would wait till after the wedding. You can directly ask down the. Oh, you don't think so? <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, no. I'm so against my original advice that I don't even like you suggesting it again. Oh, I'm just saying that it's hard to take feedback if you never get any. Yeah, but the thing is, sometimes you have to look at the actions of the world. Yeah, and like I said, the data. Realistic. We're having a hard time answering. This is such a sticky situation. It's a sticky situation because I feel bad. But either way, it's 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 awkward for anonymous. And it's for not, a, it's not a good look. Hurts her confidence. Mm-hmm. It's awkward. It's 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 upsetting. Yeah, it's sad. It's a lot of bad things. Yeah, 
And I think that it, we have to be delicate about this. But the fact is, I think in the end, you misjudge the bond you have with this individual. And honestly, that can so easily happen yes. in friend groups. It happens oh, all the time. It's oh happened to me. It's happened to everybody. It's happened to me more times than I can count. At age 23, yeah. I honestly think this is a huge part of your 20s. Yes. Huge. Yes. You know, you're you're dating and, and trying to you know, figure out what you want in like romantic relationships, but so much of it as well is navigating these really complicated yeah. platonic friend groups. And discovering that maybe you were lower in the hierarchy, in which case, you know, pull a survivor and go form some other alliances where you are a top dog. <laughs> uh -huh. I didn't think a survivor reference would come into this Q&A. No, but you know what I mean? It's like yeah. maybe put a few eggs in some other baskets socially. Yeah, It'll I just agree. be good for you. I agree. I, yeah. I completely agree. And look, this isn't going to be the first time you face this kind of disappointment. No. So I'm not saying get used to it, but this happens. Happens in life. Yeah. Sorry, that might not be what you wanted to hear. Good luck. And one day, perhaps you, Anonymous, will get married and you will be in the same position where you're like, oh, no, do I invite <laughs> this person? And then you have a flashback and you're going to have to make that decision. We can actually guarantee that'll happen. All right, this next question is from Ms. Risk Averse. Ms. She's unmarried. <laughs> Dear Shandy, I found a great guy that I'm totally all in for. He mm. makes me laugh. He likes things that I like. The sex is great. I like his communication style and we get along well intellectually. I'm 34, no kids in grad school. He's 36, has a house, dog and a good job. I'm happy with him. First date, he told me he wants kids. However, a month and a half in, over the course of many dates, we see each other like three to four times a week, he's told me the following things. I love that she goes into point form here because I love point form. Mm. Number one, I, this dude, not me, want to travel and backpack for a few months out of the year every year. I am interested in being non-monogamous. I want to have threesomes. I don't think you can expect to want to have sex with the same person for the rest of your life. All my ex-girlfriends have told me they, quote, understand now why I never asked them to be my girlfriend formally and never defined the relationship. Mm. I don't want to get married unless I have kids. I want an apartment separate from my home and wife and kids if I have kids. I'm not sure if I want to live with my partner. I want to live in a van for a couple weeks and just work remotely by a river somewhere. And she said, just adding this, he has a tendency to stare, stare is all caps, at pretty young women when we are out, not just notice and appreciate, stare, all caps. <laughs> at this point, I feel a bit threatened by this list of ideas and wants. I honestly don't see me fitting into his life or fulfilling his list of fantasies. Am I just being a scaredy cat or does this sound like a guy that's not looking to commit and settle down with someone? Thanks, Ms. Risk Averse. <laughs> I mean, that's not that risk averse. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, risk averse is... Like, is a lower, lower bar than that. <laughs> yeah, to me, this guy, ooh, I mean, where do we start? I think it's funny how they kind of get 
progressively more weird as they yeah. go. I don't want to say weird. You know, everyone has their lifestyle preferences, but you know, I want to backpack travel a few months out of the year every year. It's like, great. Yeah. Curiosity to see the <laughs> world. I'm interested in being non-monogamous. Yeah. Totally understand. Lots of people have open relationships. I want to have threesomes. Like, yeah, great. Sexually adventurous. Go live your life. Do your thing. And then suddenly his ex-girlfriends understand now why he never asked them to be their, his girlfriend. Yeah. He wants an apartment separate from his family. Like, does his wife also get a separate apartment from him and the kids? Look, like, that really bugs me. It's like, oh, while she's home tending to the kids, I'll be off in my other apartment, probably having threesomes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Threesome time? With those pretty young girls I was staring yeah. at the other day. <laughs> Oh my God, where do we start? Uh, so this is this is what I will say. I'm not here to judge this guy's choice and how he wants to live his life. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can find a partner who totally fits into that strange puzzle. Yeah, and, and in a way, I commend his upfrontness. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of guys would do that. Not I don't want to say a lot, but Some it, guys is, would, it is a lot. Yeah, A lot in number, not necessarily in percentage of men. But okay. there are a lot of people who would do that exact life mm-hmm. without ever telling their Anyone, partner. yeah. No, it's yeah. true. You hear about them on the news sometimes, yeah. but, but <laughs> mostly not. So I don't judge his choices. And I actually, as you said, I applaud his honesty. However, if you're not into that, or at least 75% of what he just said, mm-hmm. you're out. You, there's no, don't do this. It's not risk averse. If that's not your game, go stay away. Yeah. What I'm getting from this guy so far is heavy, um, to talk about loopholes again, He's like creating his own loopholes for down the road. Yeah. So he's planting these seeds so that no matter what, you can be like, well, I told you. Like, yeah, yeah. You're freaked out that I want to do this and this and this. It's like, well, I warned you. Like, I never said that I felt differently. And so he's like planting these paths so that he's safe. It's, It's okay. And I do think it is on her if she ignores these actually i heard this somewhere the idea of a guy in the first couple months telling you things that might make you turn away from him you should really put a lot of stock in those of course because that's usually giving you an out he's making your life easy as opposed to finding out five years down the road you got two kids and he's having threesomes every week (laughs) and he only married you because you had his kids Exactly. He said, I'm not, I would only ever get married for if kids. I had kids. Yeah. Honestly, I'm sorry. The more I think about this, the more it just feels like he's looking for a vessel yeah. to have his kids and he wants to continue living his like freewheeling lifestyle and once in a while go spend time with his kids where his wife is looking after them. Yeah. I think that unless you are very curious and excited about the possibility of being a vessel for this man's <laughs> fantasies. <laughs> As you said, good word. I think you should run for the hills. Mm. This is an RFTH situation. Red flag. Run for the hills. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Also, the staring, the staring. Yeah. Like, we're kind of skimming over that. I actually think, you know, in a weird way, that might be the worst thing. Yeah. Because if he was respectful, and had this lifestyle choice, mm-hmm. I would say it might be a little more palatable. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that he's just, it's going to be a lifetime of him like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm a scumbag. I don't give yeah. a shit. Yeah. Like, it's not, this is not, no, just <laughs> no. no. I'm a scumbag. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so the title of the email was, is he a risk 
And if we had yes. to answer this as yes or no, it's clear we say yes. yes. Yeah. Sorry, Ms. Risk Averse. Yeah. Plenty of other fish in the sea that will actually be your fish. They're only a month and a half in. This is the honeymoon no, phase. No, it's not. It's Oof. not. Just get a couple more bangs in and be done with it. <laughs> One bang, two bang. Done. <laughs> Good luck. That's... What a Scott is that a thing now? Like people are just like oh, that's that's a very 2023 thing. Wait, what part of that? Just like it's like everything. Like it's one thing to be like, look, I'm Polly and I want to explore Polly stuff in my life. This guy's just like, I want my cake, I want to eat it, I want another cake, I want to eat that too. And guess what? You're not getting any cake. Yeah, it's no, just ridiculous. You're gonna be, in fact, I'm trying to think of what you're gonna be making the cake in the kitchen, yeah. shackled to a pole. <laughs> In the apartment that I only visit like a yeah. couple days a week. Yeah. And maybe you'll have the luxury of having my company while you cook the cake occasionally, unless I'm having threesomes eating your cake that you cooked the week before. <laughs> All right. This next question is from she who must not be named. As opposed to anonymous. It's one notch below anonymous. <laughs> I think we're going to go with anonymous just to make our lives easier. But That's true. Good I point. do appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, dear. Oh, approximate reading time, two minutes and 25 seconds. Wow. Well, more and more people are doing this. And let me tell you, it's a very good idea. It is. You know, I want to do as many questions as possible. And sometimes I'll glance at it and I'm like, oh, uh, we don't have time for another one. I want to add a few more shorter ones. And if I know it's under three minutes long, I'm like more likely to take it. Absolutely. Anyway, dear Shandy. OMG, I am a huge fan and have been waiting for a reason to write since this podcast started. You are both so charming and charismatic. Thank you for all the hard work you put into this show. It really is a highlight of my week. Thank you, Anonymous. Thank you. Setup. I am a 34-year-old Canadian woman living with my 33-year-old French boyfriend in Berlin together for six years. Ooh, so international. Last spring on our first day in our new Berlin neighborhood, we met a friendly German couple. The man was approximately mid-50s, woman 40s, while walking our dog. They were super friendly and gave us their email. We got busy and never reached out. A month ago, when we ran into them at a cafe, we invited them to join us at our table, feeling a bit guilty, and ended up spending a few hours talking with them. We made plans to have dinner together a few weeks later at a local restaurant. The one odd thing about the conversation was when, in a non-sequitur, the woman mentioned her, quote, favorite sex shop. We nodded blithely at this and moved on. <laughs> I should mention that both my partner and I speak German, but it's not the language we use to socialize. For me especially, it's easy to get tired, and I'm not as assertive. Inciting event. These are the titles of each section. Setup and inciting event. Oh, there's chapters. I like this. Yeah. Fast forward to the dinner. The couple arrived and the husband said to me, quote, wow, you have such beautiful eyes. I forgot just how beautiful. Oh, dear. With the requisite pause for emphasis. I felt super awkward and tried to move the conversation along. As we wrapped up, they suggested that we make another date to hang out and we politely agreed. They suggested this time we do, quote, something relaxed at their house and recommended that, quote, we could could come in comfortable clothes. Then, the, <laughs> then the, <laughs> how many hints do they have to give these people? 
Then the husband looked at us both and said, quote, you are both so sweet. You know that, right? And the vibe got real weird. Even then, my Canadian politeness got the better of me. And before I could stop myself, I said, uh, gleichfalls, which means likewise. They insisted on walking us home. We finally said goodbye. And as soon as my partner and I walked outside, comprehension dawned and we turned to each other and said, did we just make a date for an orgy? (laughs) I slash we are not attracted to these people, to put it mildly. And it honestly didn't occur to me slash us that this was their intention until the 11th hour. Question. How do we extricate ourselves from this situation? Nothing was explicitly stated, but I don't want to get over there and have to shut it down in the moment. Thanks a million. Cheers. She who must not be named. Anonymous. (laughs) I don't know why she doesn't have to be named. (laughs) That's true. What did she do? Uh, I loved this one. It's pretty cute. Yeah. I mean, it's so I can totally picture myself. It's very Canadian. It's like, oh, yeah, uh huh. Thank you. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And then even inviting them to join their dinner because they felt yeah. guilty for not reaching so out. They sooner. almost Canadian themselves into an orgy. <laughs> I think they should come up with an excuse as to why they cannot join them at their place mm-hmm. with sort of a loose, like, let's maybe get dinner sometime mm-hmm. in the future and just fade. Because mm-hmm. I'm not getting from this email. She didn't even give a sentence or two about how she really does enjoy their company just as friends. Mm. It no. kind of sounds like the whole thing is just uncomfortable, even yeah. sex aside. It sounds like they feel obligated. I mean, they could be full Canadian and just go and humor them with an orgy. <laughs> and then goes. <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. This is clearly a slow fade ghost situation. Yeah, you don't owe them anything no, more than is, that. No, a full slow ghost. Yeah, slow ghost. Yeah, yeah first an excuse to cancel the actual oh, yeah. event. And they'll take the hint. They've probably been through this. You think they haven't done this before? Uh, they probably, it's like fishing. Sometimes you get a fish and the fish escapes. Do you think that there's any way we are all misinterpreting this? No, there's no way. They want to have sex with them. <laughs> okay. And they wanted to have sex with them last time, probably. Mm, but I, they just, they didn't get enough, you know, initiative. I find the comment about her eyes. That's the comment? <laughs> As opposed to come over in comfortable clothes? <laughs> When do you say that to somebody? Like, what are they doing? Are they hiking inside their apartment? Are they playing Twister? Oh, Twister. That's a great game. Yeah. And it should be played more. It should But be. it always ends up in sex. <laughs> Does it? Unless you're kids. Isn't it funny how Just a game fun. that's so innocent when you're young becomes so not innocent when you're older? I know. There was an, there's a certain age. Like, almost as soon as you pass puberty, Twister's suddenly a sick game. Yeah. Sick game. Yeah. It's just like always sex. It's like, oh, Twister, oh, you mean sex. No okay. one plays Twister anymore. No. Do you think the Twister company is out of business? It's so iconic. It's up there with, you know, Monopoly. I don't think it'll ever go out of business. I got to be honest with you. I haven't seen Twister anywhere in many years. But I have a feeling if you went and looked for Twister, let's say you go to a Walmart. Right. And you're like, you go to the game section. I'm sure Twister is there. Really? You sure? I, I would sure. like to go to a Walmart just to see if you're right. Let's it's go worth tomorrow. I want, I'm serious. Tomorrow, let's go to, there's a Tart. We don't have a Walmart. Okay. Oh my God, we don't have a Walmart. Yeah, we have to go to Brooklyn. I like the way we discount Brooklyn as even existing. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we don't have a Walmart. Well, one thing we're not going to Brooklyn for is a Walmart. That's true. But we'll go to a Target yeah. and go to the game section and see if we can find a Twister. Okay, let's do it. It does seem unlikely now that I'm saying it out loud. 
I, I don't recall seeing it in so long. I mean, is that a Mattel game or is that a, is that what, who makes Trish? Hasbro? Hasbro. It, sounds, it feels Hasbro. Or maybe it's a standalone. Wow. You think there was some business guy who was like, Twister is going to be the next big thing. And he bought <laughs> Twister for like a billion dollars. And then, and that then was it. it was just a sex joke after that. <laughs> Lost all his money. Okay. So I think we've given our thoughts on this. Yeah. It's just, there's never, honestly, in all the Q and A's we've ever done, yeah. this is the most obvious slow ghost I've ever seen. Yeah. And anonymous, I almost feel, I, I do feel like she was looking for an excuse to write in, which is super cute. Yeah. But the fact that you're even giving it this much thought shows uh, your Canadianness almost like she's so, I think she's yeah. afraid of like hurting their feelings of making things awkward of, of misconstruing their intentions. You know what I mean? Like she's just being a little too considerate at the yeah. end of the day. Even if you're wrong, you could be wrong. Yeah. But like you don't seem to enjoy their company very much. That's what much. I'm saying. You're not attracted to them, first of yeah. all. So even if to you wanted it to explore. Mildly. She said to, to put, put it, it mildly. mildly. So even if you wanted to explore and do something wild and just really yeah. go out of your bounds, it's not for you. No. And you don't really like hanging out with them. No, it doesn't so sound what, like it. What, you're, being, you're being too Canadian. Yeah. Stop <laughs> being so Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. I don't think you need it. Just uh, no. come up with a good excuse. It doesn't even need to be good. Yeah, be like, oh, we'd love to do this, but we have another orgy planned for that <laughs> night. <laughs> All right, this next question is from Jess. Dear Shandy, I first started to listen to Dear Shandy from the Love Fest podcast since I love watching The Bachelor slash Bachelorette, but I really love your Q&A podcast and have been binge watching too many episodes, sometimes twice by accident for the past month. <laughs> twice by accident. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My condolences for your accident. I love both the male and female perspective. You guys are hilarious, but have very insightful and practical advice. Thank you, Jess. Here is my dilemma. When I first met my boyfriend, I knew immediately he was someone I was interested in dating. It has held true for the past seven months as it is only getting stronger. We are very compatible as people. We are Americans that have European sensibilities and have both lived in Europe. We have similar hobbies such as cooking and playing board games. I wonder if they play Twister. We are motivated people, but very laid back with a hint of sarcasm. Though it is not needed, he is the first person my mom has liked. This yeah. is coming from a woman who recently separated from my father, who is now very jaded about relationships. I have never quite felt this comfortable with someone, and I continue to enjoy learning more about him. I know this is a minor appearance issue, but I do not like his receding hairline. I never knew how common this was as the people I have dated or have been on dates with in the past have never had receding hairlines. How old is she? Did she say? Oh, she's 28. Mm. It's like, oh, that will change. <laughs> Get used to it. When I started dating my current boyfriend, I couldn't help but start to blatantly stare at other men's not-so-favorable hairlines. I know it is the reality of dating men in their late 20s and older, as I am 28 and he is 29. I know he is sensitive about losing his hair, as he always notices the strands of hair falling out when we take a shower, and he cuts his hair in a way to try to lessen the significance of his losing locks. Also, as a side note, his dad has an extremely receded hairline. This is the reason why... Why I have never brought it up to him. I know I would feel like an asshole to tell him to accept his early male pattern baldness and shave his head completely, but that is what I am thinking every time he tilts his head forward. I won't die if he doesn't shave his head. I still think he is handsome regardless. I just think he would look so much better. 
He has openly admitted to not having good style, so I am wondering if this is just a nudge to have a better appearance. Is it too soon to bring it up? Should I just accept it? How should I politely or gently bring it up? Any help would be appreciated. Much love, Jess. It's funny. She says that they have like European sensibilities. Something about this feels very European to me. Yeah. It's like so matter of fact. Yeah. It feels very non-American, non-Canadian to me. It feels like something you should not talk about, but she's comfortable talking about. It's very honest. It's super honest. Like I agree with her that more times, more often than not, a guy looks better when he shaves his head. That said, am I going first on this one? Or do you have thoughts? I'm thinking about it. Okay, you think about it while I go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay. That said, Jess, I think seven months, it might seem like a long time. And it's, you know, it's a significant amount of time. When you're talking about someone's physical appearance, the way they can be more attractive, and you're getting distracted by this, I think it's a little soon. If if this is your forever person, you have years together. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think you should be focusing on the ways that he could be more attractive at this point. Like he's only 29. It sounds like he's well aware of this. Like the, there, this will come to a head at some point, maybe when he feels close enough and he's like, what do you think I should do about this? It sounds like it's, they're not really talking about it yet. It's something that she's noticing and he's just like quietly trying to yeah. handle. Yeah. I, I think you should wait for him to bring it up if, if it happens this early. And if he never brings it up, then you should wait till you, you two are closer where it's like obvious that you two would be on the same page about this. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely agree with you. I think that it's too soon. I think that it, as long as she's okay with it, like she can live with dating she or being married to a die. bald man. She said, I won't okay. die if he doesn't. So no, she, she wants him so to So she be. can live with it. Yes. By definition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So I think that she should just let it go for now. Let them have their honeymoon and post honeymoon phase, develop Mm -hmm. the relationship, not create some weird, awkward elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. And then when they're super comfortable, then kind of bring it up. It's not that big a deal. Honestly, like once you get to a certain point in the relationship, you could tell him to do anything. (laughs) It's true. Like if you said to me, it's like, Andy, I really think you'd look great in a dress. I would start wearing a dress. If you told me to shave my head, Mm. tomorrow my head would be shaved. I don't think about it. I don't do, I, you own my, whatever you want me to do, I do. Bearing in mind that you also, I think you would relate to him and that you don't feel like you have the sense of style. Like you're happy to give me the reins for your aesthetics. If he was like some super stylistic guy, like he was the lead singer of some like metal band. Mm -hmm. Like I'd say like, maybe, you know, you're, you're not in the driver's seat Yeah, but he would definitely be shaving his head in that case. That's true. Actually, that's (laughs) the worst example. You literally. I could not have come up with a worst example. I've been doing that a lot recently. (laughs) But my point is, is that you will have a day. Your day will come where you can tell this man who does not have style, which is great. It's a great asset for you. Mm -hmm. You can tell him, I want you to shave your head. And honestly, you might be able to even do it that way. You might be literally be like, you know what? In a loving way. Yeah. You say, like, I've been thinking about it. I think you'd look great with a shaved head. Yeah. I want you to shave your head. And you know what? He's probably going to do it. I'm just thinking, like, I'm trying to think of a role reversal, but it's tough when, you know, women have their own issues. You know, women have plenty of their own body insecurities and things. Uh, Yeah. But... I'm just thinking like seven months and imagine if every time she tilted her, if it was something as common as her tilting her head forward every time he noticed it and was like, uh. Or what if every time like she took a drink of, of anything, she would like, 
Mm. Yeah, but that's but that's behavioral. That's so to me, that's a drop in the bucket next to this. This is we're talking something physical that he can't change unless he, you know, maybe does something drastic. I want a little yeah, but more. She has a solution. Yeah, he, he shaves his yeah, head. Yeah, but I want. I know, but she, I feel like she's focusing a little too much on what would make him look better and not about how it makes him feel. Do you I see? I think he might feel good with a shaved head. Yes, but I think that at this point he's probably he's trying to hide it. Like just let him have that until he's comfortable letting it go. If he says, right. "Do you think I should shave my head?" then you can say, "Yeah, I think you should shave yeah. your head." I just don't think you should draw more attention to something that he's already clearly I, very insecure I about. I agree with you. We're on the same page. Yeah. I think the day will come and it will probably come in the next couple of years where you can basically get him to shave mm-hmm. his head in a very loving way. Yeah. Or if you want to really rush it, <laughs> This is this is a crazy idea, but you can make a bet that you rig on your end. You totally fix it where the loser has to shave their head. <laughs> that's, that's the worst idea I've ever it's, heard. It's a terrible idea, but you can give that a shot if you really want. Rig it. Yeah, totally rig. You talk to your friends, you set it all up. It's a total ruse. And he thinks he's going to win. That's the key. No, that's a terrible idea, but I, I mean, applaud you going there. Uh, um, giving her options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that she thinks she's being compassionate with the solution. It's like, well, he, he should just shave his head. But, you know, it is a pretty drastic change for some people to do that. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people... Are, you know, a lot of people they know or haven't seen in a while have a hard time recognizing them immediately. True. I think you should understand that it's a pretty drastic change for some people. Some people launch right into it. Other people struggle and have a little more empathy for his emotions attached to whatever hair he has still. And let's be honest, it's not like his hair is going to start growing back. It's yeah, unless, gonna, he, like I said, less, unless he intervenes. Unless he intervenes, yeah. yeah. If he doesn't intervene, he's going to keep losing more hair. And eventually, I think he may come to the conclusion that he should shave his head without you ever even bringing it up. Mm, yeah, I agree. Okay, Jess, good luck. This is going to be okay. I feel good about this. Yeah, it's like she said, it is a, it's a superficial issue. Yeah. And like you said yourself, this is very common. Yeah. It's super common. Super common. Yeah. All right. This next question is from A as in the letter. Dear Shandy, I absolutely adore your podcast and have thought about writing to you with this question ever since you started it. Wow. Wow. Long burn. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, A. I'm in my early 40s, am divorced, no kids. My divorce was finalized in January 2020. I haven't started dating again since my divorce and neither has my ex. I'm the one who filed for divorce and do not regret that decision. My ex-husband is an extreme introvert and had a very difficult time being emotionally and sexually available during our nine-year relationship slash seven-year marriage. I made the decision that I'd rather be alone than in a marriage that was becoming more like a roommate relationship. Mm. The reason I am writing is because during the course of our divorce, my ex and I realized how much more compatible we were as friends. We have pets, four cats. I'll attach pictures for Andy and she did. (laughs) They're cute. Can I see them? (laughs) Okay, here. Oh. Oh. That's my favorite. That is cute. Not, not that I'm picking favorite. You like favorite. the short-haired cats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Very cute. 
We have pets that we share custody of and we live in the same neighborhood now within walking distance of each other. We talk every day and see each other in person probably once a week. It's now been three years since our divorce was finalized and neither of us has started dating again. We both acknowledge that we are each other's best friend. I'm wondering if my relationship with my ex is holding me back from getting back out there. Is it possible to have both? I hear that talking to your ex is a red flag, but is that always true? Help, best A. I mean, I can speak from experience. I haven't been divorced, but I have very, very strong friendships with my ex. Yeah, but you're not living down the street from them and you're not best friends with them and co-parenting cats. Okay. You're co-parenting cats, you know. <laughs> no, to me, this is obvious that they're holding each other back from moving I, on. I agree. Because they're not lacking the companionship element, which is a huge driving force in why but, you seek out a romantic partnership. But there's a flaw here. Because what are they going to do? What are they going to say? Oh, we can't be friends anymore? I don't think that's right. I think they have a very nice situation going as a friend. They have to learn both of them, Mm. how to be friends and explore other relationships. I don't think that this means that they should stop being friends. It sounds like they have a lovely relationship. But you have to not be complacent in that. I think, A, it's partly on you. Like, he can do what he wants, honestly. He can do whatever he wants. But if what you're looking for is a romantic partnership, acknowledge the fact that you're content. You know, you're content with the way things are. And unless you really put yourself out there, that's the problem is that she's not, she doesn't have this gaping hole that she's trying to fill because she has it already. Right. But she does have another hole that she has to fill. (laughs) I was really hoping I could say that without you going there. Okay. So in short, you think that it has no impact or do you? I think it does have an impact. But as, you know, life sometimes hands you complicated matters. Mm -hmm. This is a complicated situation. She can't just sabotage an amazing, deep and wonderful friendship and also cat parenting, which is very important, (laughs) because she wants to be completely undistracted pursuing romantic interests. I think she has to learn how to separate that from her dating. I think she has to date aggressively and learn how to put that aside. Hmm. I, what I find interesting is it's been three years and they're really in not too different a situation than they were when they were married. She said they were basically roommates. They're basically just friends. And three years, I'm sorry, three years is enough time to really get over it and start putting yourself out there. I do think that this is holding her back. Okay, but she has two choices. One is to learn and to grow and to be able to do both, which is what she should do. And the other is to say to him, listen, I can't pursue romantic relationships, you know, with undivided attention without disbanding this. Mm-hmm. So we can't talk for six months to a year. Yeah, that to me seems draconian. Yeah, it seems too extreme to be like we can't talk at all. But I wonder if they could just back off slightly so it's more just about it's more functional about like the logistics of looking after their cats instead of it being like let's talk every day and update each other because that I'm telling you that's the thing that you miss. They what, talk every day. Yes, we talk every day and see each other in person probably once a week. Okay, the talking every day is a problem. Yes, it is a problem. That I forgot about. That's a problem. (laughs) That needs to be toned down. And there can be a very friendly, loving, constructive conversation about that. Mm -hmm. And she can even say that I'm struggling with this because I love talking to you and I really like you, but I'm also missing out 
on something I need in my life, which is a romantic partner. So can we do this for me, uh-huh. for me? And believe me, this is not, this is, I'm not doing this because I don't like you. Yeah. I'm doing this for me. I need to do this for well, me. Well, I don't think please he should let give me her, have you're this. making it sound like he could give her a hard time for this. Like, of course he shouldn't. He shouldn't, but he may. He may be sad. He may be like, oh, that's a bummer. I really look forward to our daily talks. Why would you do that? He may do that. Yeah, but he's getting what he's always wanted from this relationship anyway. Like, I think that that would just be him continuing his own selfishness that he had throughout their marriage. I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying it might not be the easiest no, conversation, right. but it's a conversation that needs to be had. Maybe just see each other once a week and that's your time. Yeah. The problem is, is that she needs to miss having someone yes. to update on with her daily happenings and yes. what's going on in her life she needs to miss that and i she doesn't it's yeah. just like she's just not i'm sorry she's not going to be as motivated it's like to bring back one of your many animal analogies like how motivated is the tire going to be to go hunt yeah. if he's getting I, hit, like a you know a meal every day i completely agree it's not unlike like if you're a young adult living with your mom and you're like okay i gotta move out and you move next door Mm. <laughs> you're still under the, 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 um, yeah, you're still bringing your clothes over to get washed. You know, exactly. yeah, she's still doing your laundry next door. Yeah. It's too close. Yeah. You're still under the, the jurisdiction mm. of your parents. Yeah. I think she needs to exit that, that jurisdiction. Yeah. That emotional dependency. Yeah. It might, I do think it's probably somewhat healthy. Like I, it doesn't sound like it's a toxic thing, but it, it, you can still hold you back. Yeah, absolutely. It's a crutch. Yes. There are many metaphors to be used with this. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone gets what we're talking about. We're like going in circles yeah. with different metaphors. Okay. A, I hope this helps. I actually think in the end, she can make both universes better. My prescription is once a week contact and you can see him in person and that's it. Ooh. Try that for a little while and see how it works. Mm. You're not going to feel great about it, but I bet you your romantic situation will improve. Mm-hmm. All right. Good luck, A. This will be tough. She will mm-hmm. need luck. I actually think this is some of the hardest stuff, like the hardest work to do. Oh, this is expert level. Double diamond. Yeah. Relationship. Triple. Triple black diamond. Is there here. a triple black diamond? I think so. No? Mm. Don't think so. I think there is a triple black diamond. Triple di- black? Yeah, it's very rare. Wow. That's scary. At that point, it just needs to be something else. Yeah, it's like it's like you're just not allowed to go there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just got like tape blocking yeah. you. <laughs> All right. This next question is from Not Tickled. Mm. Dear Shandy, I love your podcast. Came here for the recaps and stayed for your wonderful relationship and relationship advice. Oh, Thank you. Like. Your perspective really helped demystify dating for a late bloomer like myself. And I now have a boyfriend who I very much love and would like to complain about to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just how we want it. The problem tickling. A few months in, Uh-oh. he found out that I was rather susceptible oh, to tickles. I know where this is going. And so he would trick me into warm cuddles only oh. to incapacitate me against his attacks. Oh. This made cuddling highly stressful for me until we made an agreement that he can only tickle me on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, giving me comfort on some days and allowing for mischief on okay, others. this is the weirdest relationship I've ever heard <laughs> of in my life. When we made this deal, I figured his desire to tickle would only occasionally arise and he may even eventually start forgetting to do so. However, several months later, I am in a sort of hell I did not imagine. Like clockwork, he never misses a day and I'm being tickled much more than I bargained for. Oh my God. Why did she set up three days of tickling? (laughs) 
This came to a head last Saturday when he tickled me four times. A monster, she wrote. I don't think I can go on at this rate. <laughs> I've expressed to him that while I like the playfulness and thrilling stakes of tickle fights, tickling is deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. He doesn't get this because he himself isn't ticklish, which also means I can't fight back. But he sees that this has made me upset. So now we are revising the terms of our tickle contract. We'd love to have Shandy weigh in. What do you think are reasonable terms? What are your views on the ethics of tickling? Sincerely not tickled. P.S. Yes, our ages are five and seven. Just kidding. I'm 27 and he's uh, 31. Uh, he's 31. Okay. 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 I'm going to assume this isn't a joke question. Oh, I think it's dead serious. Okay, and okay. I kind of know what she means. I, I think if you don't lay down the law, yeah. people think this is more fun than it is. No, no, no. There's nothing fun about being tickled. No, it's, it's hell. not that much different than if on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, he just kicked her in the shins. Oh. The kicking of the shins. It's is the there worst. anything worse? Well, tickling <laughs> is a little worse. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. It's not funny. You laugh because it's some. It's a weird reaction. Yeah, you and it feels laugh. child. It feels like something. Oh, he 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 he. It makes you think of the Pillsbury Doughboy. Like, oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. but yeah. it's actually very uncomfortable. It's a form of torture. They literally will tie someone up and tickle the bottom of their feet with a feather to get information out of them. How is that something that's funny? <laughs> it's not funny. Do they tickling do is, that? That tickling is a form of torture. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's the go-to form of torture. <laughs> I think I think if you went to a torture dungeon and the guy was like, okay, you're going to be tickled all day, you'd be like, well, it could have been worse. But tickling is not funny. No. As a matter of fact, I put it in the extremely annoying category. Mm-hmm. When someone insists upon doing a thing that they know you don't like mm-hmm. over a wet willy. Oh. I had a friend. That friend is pushing it. I had an acquaintance <laughs> who would insist at least once a month on wet willying me. <laughs> and and I every time he did it, I was like, like, like no one's, this is not making anything good. Here. No. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, I hate it. It's annoying. It makes me like you less. <laughs> I mean, that's why he's not a friend. Oh, yeah. You demoted, you called him an acquaintance. That's true. As a matter of fact, I would say the wet willy is what put me over the edge. <laughs> demoted him from friends. That was it. I was done. Yeah. But it's not funny. It's not cool. It's very annoying. Mm-hmm. And it it basically let's 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 call it what it is it hurts it's it's actually kind of I, I think, think we, it's pain it's kind of pain yeah it's it's a weird it's form a, of pain. so uncomfortable that it starts to be painful yeah. I'm I, sure that people will chime in to say well, why well, it is or isn't actual pain the only reason I'm hesitating is because I did take the stance in a recap on I believe Bachelor in Paradise yeah. that tickling wasn't pain. Was it tickling? Yes, it was tickling. Aaron claimed that tickling was pain. And because I was not into Aaron that Are you season, sure it was tickling and not was, something else? It, no, was, it was itching. itching. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cancel that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that something so uncomfortable can start to feel like pain. Whether or not tickling is actually pain, I don't know. But I think it can be interpreted that way because of how uncomfortable it makes you. Yeah, and I actually think it may be a fetish of his. Like, he may actually have a tickling fetish. Oh, he probably fetish. thinks it's cute. And also, a crucial detail here is that he's not ticklish. Right now, he has a nuclear weapon, and she doesn't have anything. Yeah. So it's not fair. He doesn't understand that it can also be done back to him. We, You and I are rescued a bit by the fact that we both have ticklish spots. Yeah. And therefore... Well, it's a detente. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to tickle you. It's I don't want to get tickled. Yes. He has no empathy. He has no ability to understand what it's like to be tickled. Yeah. He thinks it's funny, but he you're th- like, oh, yeah, he like, oh you're laughing. That means it's good. Yeah. But you can sometimes laugh out of discomfort. 
Absolutely. I'm actually, I'm very bothered by the, yeah, I know this is a fun like question and I'm not trying to make it more serious than it is. Okay. For, okay. Let's talk about this contract. First of all, it's on you not tickled to even allow him three days a week where he can tickle you. Okay. You're being way too generous. He is not allowed to tickle you period. You're enabling him. Yes. This is pure enablement. Yes. Why are you allowing there to be a contract? <laughs> the contract should be no tickling ever. 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 Yeah. Not one tickle. Maybe <laughs> once a year on, on your birthday, you get a tickle. That's it. One no, tickle. it's on his birthday. On his. That's what I mean. You are. Yeah. Sure. On his birthday, he's allowed to tickle you once when you least expect it. Yeah. Give him that thrill. Gift. And that's all he gets. He doesn't yeah. get a present. <laughs> so that's his present. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously. I, I think, you know, so growing up, my dad has really ticklish feet. Ooh, and too. in the family, I remember like when we were little, when we would discover this, because you know, you're a kid, you're like, ha ha ha. And my dad was, he, my dad was always like fun and games unless we tickled his feet. And he was like, no. Yeah. It's not. He funny. laid down the law. It wasn't like the fun and game stopped. You don't do that. It's not fun I, for daddy if you tickle his feet. Don't do that. And so my whole life, I've been like, if someone's really ticklish, you don't do that. And I, I it's like a boundary. She needs to lay a boundary down. You know what the angriest I ever get at you is when you tickle my feet. Which I almost never do. Even when you do it by accident, yeah. I get angry at you. Yeah. I like per- I take it personally. Sometimes I try to rub your foot and I purposely go really hard to try to avoid tickling you. Yeah, but sometimes you you screw up. And I'm like, <laughs> why would she do this to me? She loves me. I think. Yeah, I actually think your feet are more ticklish than mine. Definitely. Mm. The bottom of my feet, if you wanted to get information out of me, it would be the, through the feet. Yeah, you know, it shows, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to make this more serious than it is, but it shows a maturity thing. It's like, I don't feel like he's, yeah, he's been in many relationships just based on the fact that he would take her up on this contract. It's so he's, weird. He's like, sweet, I get to tickle you three times, three days a week. Sweet, I'm going to do it. Like, to me, the contract is something that if they were even to do that, which is a terrible idea to begin with, he would be like, okay. And then, like she said, like, he should forget about it. But instead, he's like, yes, I get to tickle her today. It's so mean. But what is she getting in this contract? This is a one-way contract. Yeah, it's so true. Like she, If you want to keep the contract in place, you should at least have some demands. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to, he can tickle you that day, but he also has to cook you all the meals that day. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. You should be the attorney on this contract. <laughs> okay, so that's the Shandy weigh-in. I mean, is there anything else you want to contribute no, to No, this? this is obvious. In the end, this is just wasted energy that could be put somewhere else, more productive. Mm. She's exhausted from getting tickled and upset, and he's spending all this time tickling. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I'm done. Okay, not tickled. It's clear how we feel about this. Mm. Lay down the law. It's a boundary. It's a boundary. Or find something he really doesn't like and just do it to him and be like, how do you like that? How do you like that? Yeah, she needs her own weapon. Yeah. It's not, it's uneven right now. It's not fair. It's totally, it's She's helpless. She's just a sitting duck. And she thinks that sometimes they're going to just cuddle and then he tickles her. That's, that's this horrible. Is, this is not a contract. <laughs> this is torture. <laughs> Okay, not tickled. Good luck. Okay, Andy. Yeah. She missed, by the way, a good opportunity to call herself Tickle Pickle. Tickle Pickle? It's a Tickle Pickle. In a Tickle Pickle. In a Tickle Pickle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you.
If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and TikTok, leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews, tell your friends, Mm -hmm. and generally do all of the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. Thank you so much for your wonderful questions, Shandies. Keep them coming. Yes. And we will see you soon on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear Shandy.